Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Seth Shoemate. We recorded this last week over Skype, and I recorded my musical parts afterwards. Just a reminder before we get started, to all the banjo players who listen to this show, I add new old-time claw hammer lessons every month to pitchforkbanjo.com, so go check it out. Try the beginner sample lesson on the site, see if you like my teaching style. Check the lesson index, which is getting pretty big at this point. It's all organized by difficulty, key, exercise, or tune, etc., And I just started adding advanced up-the-neck arrangements of tunes, so if you've been wanting to get past that fifth fret, I can get you there. Sign up for $10 a month or $100 a year and get access to all of it. I put a link in the show notes. Happy banjo playing. All right, enough business. Make sure to stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with Seth Shoemate. But first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. Thanks, I invented that one. At that, least it's it's very good. It's a little it's a little bluegrassy, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> Seth Shoemate, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thanks for having me and thanks for waking up early. Yeah, it is uh eight o'clock where I am in Portland, Oregon, ten o'clock where you are in uh Chicago. You're still yep. in Chicago, right? Area. I am I am in Chicago for now. Okay, great. But you're from Arcan- Arkansas? Mm-hmm, that's right. Great. Uh, um, born and raised. Born and raised. Where where in Arkansas? I was born in Conway and then my my dad's people are from kind of the Delta area and my mom's people are from the Ozarks. Okay, very good. And is Con I actually 
my idea of like Arkansas geography is really um, well, I underdeveloped. <laughs> I just have a, a vague idea of the blob of Arkansas, and I know that at some point it becomes the Ar- the, the Ozarks. But where is Conway in there? Okay, so then Conway is uh, just right above the Arkansas River, and then right above that, the foothills of the Ozarks begin, and the gotcha. Ozarks kind of stretch from north central to northwest, and uh, below that is is the Washita Mountains on the west side, and then on the east side is the Delta, so the Mississippi Delta, where they it used to be a swamp, okay. they drained it out and turned it into agricultural land, I think. Arkansas's number one rice producer. Really? I had no In America. Idea. I guess you would... Okay. <laughs> you, you, you would know that kind of thing because you're something of an agricultural scientist, correct? Yeah, I'm a materials scientist and uh, I work on a new coating for apples that's not made of wax, that is all organic certifiable and that can wash off under running water. So now, in the future, you'll be eating just the apple and not the wax that's on the apple and whatever it traps near the apple surface. Oh, interesting. And avocados or whatever else we we, uh, developed to put it on. Well, um, (laughs) that's... uh... It slows down spoilage and makes the apple taste better for longer, which is the main point. That is just, like, way above my pay grade. And... I, I did ask you about that, but I want to ask about something else that's uh, also above my pay grade, which is playing old-time harmonica. I am very ignorant about the, the tradition of um, harmonica and old-time music intersection, uh, and I only had a couple harmonica players on. I had Trip on years ago, um, and I don't remember how much he necessarily talked about um, the tradition of, of playing what I typically associate with being string band music with, with what you're doing. And yeah, when did, when did you get started? Well, I got my first harmonica in seventh grade. Uh, I was in Memphis visiting my aunt and there was one called the Blue Danube. Uh, I don't know why it was under glass, but it was under a glass in the counter. It was only $7. So huh. surely they didn't think someone would steal it, but uh, maybe just the ergonomic design of the piece was, it made it look richer than it was. So did you, did you steal, did you steal or buy it? Well, I would have to, I would have to have broken the glass to steal it. Cause it oh, was that kind of, okay. Yeah. It was, it was like in a jewelry cabinet or something. Oh wow. Like uh, uh, racers <laughs> at the drugstore. <laughs> <laughs> like, like those little, uh, Bic razors, the little yeah. five for a buck. Yeah, yeah. you feel like a child when you, you got to go get them. Um, well, I don't. Okay, I don't so, use I don't use razors on this skin, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the listeners at home, it's um, there there is no um, blemish remover or anything in the there's not there's not the like TikTok face that I'm looking at. It's 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 very clear, and uh, I, I don't think it's digital. Um, <laughs> so you got it when you were in seventh grade. It seemed uh, very special and important because you couldn't steal it. Um, and uh, why Why did you want it? Did you ask for it? Did someone offer it to you? What's the deal? Well, maybe I, you know, by that time I might have had $7 in my pocket, so I bought it. 
Um, who knows where I got that money? Probably, probably allowance or something. You know, yeah. maybe my grades were good that nine weeks. And you blew it uh, all but, on a harmonica. Yeah, definitely. And then I blew all my spit into the harmonica and jammed That's it up. That's what it does. Uh, at, the, at the beginning. Eventually that goes away, so don't let right. that discourage anyone. Uh, but my, my great-grandmother and my grandfather both played harmonica as well. Oh and my here's goodness. my great-grandma that's, playing that's the harmonica. Amazing. She looks like she knew, knows what she's doing. Oh yeah, she knew how to play the harmonica. She played uh, mostly church songs. Is that? I don't know if I've ever heard a harmonica in church before. Oh, let me tell you something about that. Please. The, the only instrument, and I learned this when I was digging through archives at the Library of Congress, the only instrument that's allowed in the most strict Amish communities is the harmonica. Oh my goodness, why? Why would they make an exception for that? Well, I think they're from that part of the world where the harmonicas were from, and, you know, sure. I mean, it's a pretty simple instrument, I guess. Uh, maybe they didn't think it was too technologically advanced. Do, do you when you say that part of the world? Do you mean that like area of like Germany, Austria, it, like around there? I don't know that much. Again, ignorant. But. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Okay. The uh, the manufacturers were in Germany and Austria, and then they had their sub manufacturers, which were just people working from home, um, that would do the fine tuning and the final assembly of the harmonicas and the harmonica reeds and the cones and everything. Wait, you said you said Amish. Mm-hmm. That's right. Is your is your grandma Amish? Oh no. You just say that was just a, a an interesting little aside, not specifically related to your grandparents. No, they were Baptists, so their their instrument choices were even narrower. Yeah, but they were allowed to do. <laughs> oh, inter- okay. <laughs> even even narrower than just the one. Um, no, I'm just making fun of Baptist people. Okay. They Did you grow up Baptist? Piano and organ. Or are you still uh, Baptist? No, no, I didn't. So you you never got an opportunity to play harmonica in church? No. No. Or were never coerced to? Yeah, that's right. And my dad went to Church of Christ, so they didn't have any instruments there. It was all singing. How Jesus intended it, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I think they have trumpets in heaven. I think I read that somewhere. That's what they... Yeah. I don't know what they're tuned to. Maybe, maybe not B flat, but they've got them. Uh, so I've had access to a fair amount of harmonicas in my life and in my childhood. They're kind of all over the place. It seems like it's one of the most common toy instruments, um, mm-hmm. and but toy instruments that actually work like the real thing. And yeah. well, they're I've, really compatible with toy genres of music, like for old time. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely, C- cute on purpose. Music. Or jug band music, you know, just three chords. Don't get complicated, and the uh-huh. harmonica can fit in. So, I've tried to learn how to play, um, just a lot in my life. Like, pick one up, try to pick out a melody. It's always really bizarre and unintuitive and exhausting uh, mm-hmm. when I do it, and I feel like. Um, I just feel stupid every time I put one in my mouth. Uh, but well, have you have you ever tried uh, something harder, like like a clarinet? I don't know if it's <laughs> harder. 
I have, yeah, and I mean similar, <laughs> except yeah. for yeah, even getting a sound out is hard. Um, but uh, I guess I'm just wondering, how did you go from you know seven dollar harmonica to what you did in that first tune? You're doing all this incredible stuff that's totally blowing my mind. Um, like you're holding out long melody notes while you're pulsing low co- chords. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't really detect when you're breathing or hear when you're breathing. Um, or I guess Lower. maybe that just that means you're sucking, but you're timing yeah. it in such a way that like it's just really fascinating to me. And um, I want to know how you do all of that stuff and how were you introduced to <laughs> those those secrets of how to do that. It wasn't until I went to to grad school that I started to play music with an old friend from third grade and he was playing bluegrass and old time type of music at a jam he said come out to the jam and talk about feeling stupid trying to play a fiddle tune without knowing the notes <laughs> that's uh, all they are <laughs> yeah yeah that's right it's just yeah <laughs> pitches and so, durations so, yeah so then I, I was walking around uh, dixon street which is the the wet street in fayetteville where all the bars are for the college kids and there was this little outdoor uh, concert, and a band called Shout Lulu was playing there. It was Paul and Sky McGowan and Pete Howard. They were playing real, straight-up old-time music. Mm. And I thought that, that music sounded so refreshing. And so I, um, I bought one of their CDs, and I went away for a few months and learned all the tunes, and, and uh, then joined the band after that. That's great. You just saw them... Uh, did your research and then essentially auditioned. <laughs> but there was a key element here. I was I was walking around uh, Hastings, which is a place where they they sell those little plastic shiny discs that carry music on them. Uh-huh. And I was uh, I was looking around their blues section because you know that's what people associate with the harmonica really is the sure. blues. And I found this CD that was a compilation from Yazoo called Harmonica Masters. And I thought, well, this looks interesting, so I bought it. And now talk about having your mind blown. The first tune on that CD was from D. Ford Bailey playing his Ice Water Blues. And that is just an incredible piece of music. Straight harp, not, it's not really a blues. It's more like a tune. It's more like a fiddle tune, really. And, uh, mm. and then I was hooked to that type of music. And, of course, to get that, that rhythm pattern that you're talking about, you have uh, you play the melody out of one side or both sides of your mouth with an octave or just a single note or multiple notes on the sides, and then your tongue is blocking off holes, blocking the airflow to those holes. And so yeah. when you want want them to sound, you lift up your tongue quickly, and then or or along or any combination thereof, and you'll have sort of this pump organ type rhythm going on in addition to the melody. Interesting. Yeah. So you're. You're getting the the pulse from your tongue, not from your breath. Yeah, you can you can add some by coughing or or pushing out harder, and you can have a groove and, and all that with the force of breath that comes out. But the the main driver for the rhythm is lifting the tongue off. Huh. So I mean, who like who explained that to you, or like did you read it in a book, or did you have a teacher, or how did you get that information? Or did you just figure it out from listening? Well, it seems I got like a very it. unintuitive 
technique. When I got into this genre of music, I said, you know, who's playing harmonica here so I can actually kind of yeah. leapfrog the learning cycle and do what people used to do, which I guess is they learn from each other and they, they speed things up that way. Then uh, I found Mark Graham and Dave Bryce. And Mark Graham is kind of, you know, he can play tongue blocking where he has that rhythm pattern, but he creates rhythm in a different way. He creates really complex melodies and then he can open his mouth a little wider to create the rhythm um, and pulse it that way. Huh. And then there was Dave Rice, who was really a tongue blocking kind of guy. And uh, and so by tongue blocking, I mean your, your tongue is blocking those holes when you lift it off, then you create the, the rhythm as well. So so listening to those two guys and hearing the difference, you know, you, yeah, it's not hard to find out what tongue blocking is from at that time, they still had YouTube. You know, this was maybe 13 years ago, I think. So just in the early days of YouTube, there were people kind of describing what what these terms mean and how to do them. That's really lovely. And you made me a little bit sad, like bringing up the early days of YouTube. <laughs> like before oh, the... Nostalgia. Before, like, the, yeah, before like the Nazi algorithm <laughs> and stuff started. So like... What's, what's a Nazi algorithm? Oh, just like the the same algorithm that get, that sends you down a, a rabbit hole. You know, let's say you start with like Blues Traveler, you'll eventually find your way to more and more obscure like harmonica videos. Oh. It's that same thing. If you start with Fox News, then you'll eventually like make your way to um, you know Ben Shapiro and on and on down until <laughs> you you reach whatever your limit is. You know, um, but <laughs> my limit my limit's Noam Chomsky. I've got to I've got to stop you right there. I don't know who these other right wingers are, but the farthest right I'll go is Noam Chomsky. That's lovely. Uh, <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> let's do another tune and then uh, let's talk some more talk some more harmonica i'm i'm specifically interested in asking after this next tune um the 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 social component of playing uh an instrument that isn't um ubiquitous in old-time music in old-time music circles but first what do you want to play well actually i wanted to bring up something that uh is it was the precursor to the harmonica okay and that's the quills. I mean, most people, I guess, would know the quills from the playing of uh, Dom Plemons contemporarily, and then before that, Henry Thomas has a you know a super huge collection of his songs on the quills. But quills used to be a really uh, you know kind of a folk instrument. Obviously, really cheap because anywhere river cane grows, you could chop them off and and fashion some quills and cure them and whatnot. But my great-grandmother, I guess, was one of, as far as I've counted, one of six people that's actually been recorded playing the quills because it died out, and I think probably the harmonica helped uh, kill it. Um, because the harmonica what, what is it? Cheap. And, well, I'll, I'll show you. Oh, you have it right there. Yeah, these oh my are my God. great-grandmother's quills. So she, okay. some people have them in a rack, but these are just loose quills. It looks like a someone broke off a piece of a pan flute. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they wouldn't have bought these. These were handmade, uh, you know, from River King. Sure. Who made these? So her husband did, and then her son, Elber, finished them out. Her name is Ella Valentine Fletcher. Right. And I think uh, Mike Seeger came to visit her one time to 
to hear her play the quills a long time ago. Are you going to play it in the same, uh, are, are you going to play this next tune on the quills? Yeah, and this is the same tune that she would have played. And then also her great uncle was recorded in 1953, I think, playing it as well. And he was born around the time of the Civil War. Amazing. Great. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. Are you are you singing those notes through sucking? Uh, no, uh, everything's blowing out with the quills, which maybe okay. that may be why the harmonica took over because the harmonica is in and sure. out, so you can, you can play for a lot longer. <laughs> so you're just kind of alternating between blowing one of the 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 little flute notes and then singing or kind of humming. Right. Yeah, yeah, and and they, that's uh, pretty common in all the Quills music. I think um, Sid Hemphill did that a bit. Okay, and, yeah. Um, and Henry Thomas, obviously, he would holler during his fox fox uh, hunt song, the fox chase. And so, so then the Quills is like really a limited tonal instrument. So sure. to fill it out, you need to add some notes to it to make things more complex. And uh, harmonica is pretty similar too. In that sense, it's not—it's not got a full chromatic range of notes, so you have to keep it pretty simple. What is there a name for that tune that you played? No. That's just uh, an example of the technique. Blowing, blowing the quills. Blowing <laughs> the quills. I think that's how they labeled it in the archive. Huh. Um, so, like, those are the specific. Those are the specific notes in the recording that you heard yeah mm-hmm. awesome well that's a different set of quills than the one she had in, the, in her of course home video yeah and then and then her uncle would have had something similar but both two two quills and then the the singing around those two quills yeah did you get to hear um or did you get to play with your grandparents at all no i, I didn't play any instruments at that time yeah so we've just been listening and listening to those old Ozark ghost, ghost stories yeah. that were really creepy for a kid to hear. I, I'm not familiar with any Ozark ghost stories. Well, Vance Randolph went around collecting those things in the 1930s, so he, he published some books detailing some of them. These aren't things that you could tell children these days. They're like a, a bummer. <laughs> they're, they're rough t- to listen to. <laughs> Do you remember any of them? Can you tell an Ozark uh, ghost story that you may have heard bookended by some quills playing or harmonica playing? <laughs> no, they're they're pretty long, so probably won't have time for that. Well, th- we'll have you back on, and it'll just be all Ozark ghost stories and quills. Oh, I'll get my maybe I'll get my grandma back on so she can tell it to you. She remembers a few more than I do, but the one I remember is I want my toey toe. It's a story about a kid that goes out and the garden's a potato uh-huh. and then he takes the potato home but it turns out it was the toe of a monster oh my god a kind of beast that climbs out and starts clawing on the roof and climbs down the chimney and then you could imagine what that monster's going to do get his toe back so he can get back to the hospital and get his toe back yeah. or yeah. whatever that you know the country <laughs> doctor 
that they made. Monsters just like, just put it on ice. <laughs> you ate it. You ate it. Oh no. <laughs> oh wow, that's a really yeah, the, creative and um, creatively horrifying story. The that's old really graphic cool. novel. I love that. <laughs> okay, so you saw this old time band. You learned all their music so that you could join this band. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe I don't, was that the plan from the start? Or you were just like, next time you saw them, you knew all their tunes. And they're like, I oh, might as well have you in. Well, you know, I didn't understand the concept of jamming at that time. I don't think there was a local jam. So I, that was the only thing I could think if I wanted to play that music with them. Then right. I better you know, keep up. Yeah. Uh, but, so, but Pete Pete Howard helped me a lot. He's the fiddle player from there, and uh, he lives in Fayetteville, and, and he he helped me learn some of my first fiddle tunes. And he plays Ozarks style fiddle. When you when you learn fiddle tunes, do you often like listen to the fiddle playing? and then interpret that on harmonica. Obviously you do that in person unless there's another harmonica there, but are there like, are there source recordings of, of fiddle tunes played on harmonica um, enough that you could learn from those recordings or do you specifically just go to um, fiddlers alive or dead to learn? Yeah. Well, I mean, there are, there are hundreds of old harmonica recordings, but um, you know, I, I kind of like from the harmonica players. I say, what sounds amazing on this harmonica players in his uh, style, and then I say, how do I do that? And then, but really, if I want to learn the the fiddle tune, I'll I'll learn it from a fiddle player. Um, it's fiddle music at the end of the day, and you know, I don't want to I don't want to detract from their ownership and their um, you know their dominance in the culture and. Uh, I'll just let them, you know, they carry a burden, you know, they, they invented it, they carry it forward, and, and that those things are so expensive, you know, it's just like, it's really a nightmare, I think we don't give them enough credit for for the work that they put into to making that happen for the rest of us, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I can't tell to what extent you're being ironic, um, but... I mean, I, I kind of agree. <laughs> you know, it's like when I think it's about true. like it's, it's fiddle yeah. music, and I'm and the the, the yeah. fact that I even get to play it, you know, on harmonica is, is bewildering. I like it. So I I've like never it felt, too. I've never felt shunned or or diminished. I, I was going harmonica. to ask if if you've ever yeah like had any sort of like side eye or anything. Uh, that that's great. No, I've always come to a jam with the with the thought that I can play as quietly as I need to until mm. I pick up the tune. Yeah. And uh, one, one way you can do that is by cupping your hand over your ear and the sound will actually travel up your palm into your ear so you can play a lot quieter and not have to blast it out just to figure out what you're playing and what the tune right. is. Right, because the sound's going out. It's pointed at everyone else. So if you mm-hmm. play it loud enough so that you can hear, then that means that everyone else is really hearing it. Yeah, yeah. What what tune do you want to play next? Well, let me let me check my list real quick. Okay, I wanted to I wanted to play a D Ford Bailey tune. Great. And uh, D Ford Bailey was one of the first harmonica players on the Grand Ole Opry, and by the time it got its name from Judge Hay, we're looking at you, Judge. 
it from the future. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> I don't know, actually know anything about Judge Hay. Oh, uh, yeah, Judge Hay was this patronizing guy who led the Grand Ole Opry, and he had, he ended up firing Dee Ford and making some disparaging comments in his autobiography later on that uh, aren't going to sit well with, with time. Cool. <laughs> but I mean, he did the uh, he did have Dee Ford on the Grand Ole Opry for. 16 years or so and uh, yeah. because because of that now we still have those recordings and and all that history and Dee Ford made it into the Country Music Hall of Fame I think in 2006 or so Now Seth, I don't know if I appreciate this like nuanced, complicated view of history that you're portraying I, I it's a little bit too much I, I need to know whether or not we need to cancel this this guy or not so Well, uh, for for Judge Hay you know I think I think we need to judge him based on today's standards, yeah. and and make sure that he feels that you know. But D. Ford was a stand-up gentleman, and he has nothing in his closet that he could ever go after. Fantastic. Just some good tunes. Anyway, D. Ford, <laughs> Ford's grandfather was uh, a champion fiddler from Smith County in Tennessee, and uh, so D. Ford would have grown up listening to this type of music. Uh, later on, when he did his recordings, the majority of them are, are kind of harmonica interpretations of jazz and blues numbers. Um, mm. But then, then this one is more in the, in the, the tradition, it's called Old Hen Cackle. That's amazing. Yeah, he was an amazing guy. Cool tune. You were doing this like almost like distorted sound in the upper register. Mm-hmm. Where it was like kind of ripping a little bit. How? What is that? You know, just uh, cut. There are different ways to cut off the air supply, and that's rolling your R's or or ta 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 things like that you can create those textures. That's amazing. Like, yeah, I can't think of any other instrument other than you know, singing, obviously, that like has as many sort of options as like the human mouth would like provide. You know, like there's there's so many different ways that you can speak, and I guess it didn't occur to me that you can just do transfer a lot of those things. Yeah, I mean, into, you can even make the instrument. You can make each note have its own little vowel sound to change the whatever you call that. Do you yeah. know what that, that speech uh, term might be? 
No. <laughs> me neither. Me neither. I'll have to I mean, Google do you, it later. Do you have a, a preferred vowel that you that you play on? I've never asked anyone that before or said that sentence before. <laughs> I do have preferred vowels. They <laughs> they are A and O. Okay. And then uh, I like E when I'm playing cross harp. And D4 does that a lot where he and Joe Felisco taught me this. That huh. when he's been when he's been in that third hole draw, he'll resolve it on an E. So he'll make the shape of his mouth say E. And then I mean it's kinda like uh, kinda like a, one of those jaw harps, you know, where the shape of your mouth really sure. controls the the way it sounds. Yeah. Is, like is that. that's well first of all, what my understanding of cross harp is when you're playing a harp that uh, you're playing a harmonica that has the letter that is on it is not the key that you're playing in. Is that That's what right. that means? That's right. Uh-huh. Great. Um, and it allows you access to the flatted seven. So for some uh-huh. fiddle tunes, that's important. Like, not old hymn cackle, but Catherine hymn. Sure. One of those. Yeah, one of those chicken tunes. It's got a flat yeah, seven. Yeah, one of those flatted seventh A tunes that you have to pick up the D harmonica for. All Young is a good example. Okay. Is that the example you're giving of like resolving on an E? Is that something you could just do right now? So like we we could hear. Yeah, that? I could try. Just give us some different vowels. So I'm pushing my jaw out really to get that E. Interesting. There's a oh. Oh. It makes it thinner. And it makes it tinnier. Interesting. Huh. Okay, so um, the but don't worry. It's, it's not that hard to play to play fiddle tunes. You don't have to worry about that so much. So don't get discouraged, folks. Uh, I was going to ask about. Um, I'm fascinated with this, like, this culture of fiddlers doing the thing that's idiomatic on their instrument, um, and then every other instrument that's trying to play the melody or interpret the melody doing their best with their limitations in order to keep up. Um, And, I mean, Clawhammer Banjo is a great example of that, because um, it's it's not a fiddle <laughs> and it's really hard to play like full fiddle melodies and inevitably you have to make decisions artistic decisions to leave notes out and my understanding of like the harmonica i mean i know they're set up in a lot of different ways but you have like three octaves each octave the scale is like set up in a different way right yep and like how do you how do you how do you make those decisions about like how to work around the melody. What are the limitations that you come up against? I was noticing in Bill Cheatham, there, I think there's some moment in Bill Cheatham, the first tune, uh, where I feel like the fiddle goes up higher and then maybe you didn't follow it all the way up, but you still follow the contour of the melody. And it was like, oh yeah, it's still Bill Cheatham because you're not playing the exact notes. Yeah, sure. And I think uh, Bill Cheatham is one of those tunes where I kind of half learned the melody from somewhere and then I said let me make this a harmonica thing and I think where I, where I listened to it the most was that uh, Blind Joe Mangrum or something from the early Grand Ole Opry recordings mm. and he's got this, it's either a pump organ or an accordion behind him, it's really great fiddling, really complex fiddling That's so of course I have to dumb it down for that 
Um, but yeah, there's a lot of places where I'm playing the melody starting in one part of the harmonica and I may run out of room at the top. Uh, yeah. So then I have to switch to the other side of my mouth to continue the melody. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a seamless transition. And then sometimes I'll do that even if I don't run out of room just because I like how it sounds better or um, for any number of reasons, maybe the jump to the next part is easier because of that. So for, for a lot of tunes, I will make those uh, adjustments. Sometimes, you know, and if, it, if you're in a jam, then you have to figure out where, they, where the adjustments need to be, but you get used to it. And like I can, if I hear the melody of a tune and try to play it on harmonica, then I'll say, oh, this sounds like it's probably a C tune because because I have to do this one little um, trick at the top of the harmonica. And usually the fiddle players have their own picadillos about C and the tunes are all kind of have that, you know, that little high part, you know. Oh. And the G tunes will have their own little little things. And D tunes oh. are all pretty straightforward, though. Yeah, because you're... You're saying that, like, a C tune, I think the, the highest note that you typically hear in a fiddle tune is, um, uh, is a B on the E string with the pinky. Mm -hmm. And if you're playing straight harmonica, if you're playing a C harmonica in a C tune, um, don't you not have that note at the very top? Doesn't it go pentatonic, like A and then C or something at the top? Yeah, so then that's the point where I would switch down an octave and play it out of the other side of my mouth. Interesting. Yeah, because mm -hmm. you, you, if you're playing a C while the fiddle's playing a B, especially in the same register, it might, um, it might clash. It might be, like, super dissonant. Oh, God, you don't want to do that. that was, that's, <laughs> just, that's just wrong. I mean, I never, I never want the harmonica to sound intentionally bad. It's already going to sound bad enough as it is. This is all um, very relatable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, and there, you, you can take that to an even greater extreme. I think uh, Herman Crook, he played with a pretty fancy fiddler for, you know, 50 years on the Grand Ole Opry, but he was keeping it pretty simple in terms of, mm. it wasn't just chords, it, there was melody in there, but um, it was mostly focused on the rhythm that you can create with harmonica and kind of dancing around the melody uh, that the fiddle is playing and you know hopefully one day I can get to be where I can use the in, the harmonica as its own instrument in the way that he did and dance around the melody a little bit more and not just try and be in sync with the melody itself but really create like the strength of the harmonica uh, in the genre of music as I think playing along with the fiddle and Herman Crook was the best at that Playing, playing solo, then Dr. Humphrey Bate uh, was really good, and then uh, D. Ford Bailey obviously was you know, just like the penultimate guy for taking a pop jazz or traditional tune and making it so extremely complex and interesting to listen to just by itself outside of a band context. Mm. So those are the that's the spectrum that I that I see when I look at this type of music. Yeah, do you play any uh, any other genres other than old time on the harmonica? Well, I uh, play Stevie Wonder tunes or anything. I don't play chromatic harmonica. Oh, um, that's what he does. I forgot. Yeah, is, it's the one with there... the button where you can actually access all the notes. But uh, I don't like the I don't like the way the chromatic sounds too much. Um, but there were there were people that 
that played it back in the day, like John Lozier, who played the chromatic harmonica, and he played with Ed Haley, apparently. Um, yeah. And, you know, you wouldn't have to press the button so often, but he, right. you know, if you wanted that fly at 17, you'd have to press the button. Um, and it can sound good, it just takes a little bit more practice, I guess, than I'm willing yeah. to give it. So I like to keep it simple. Um, I do I do play a lot of pre-war blues type things, like uh, like D4 Bailey and Noah Lewis and and those other things that were on that Harmonica Masters CD compilation uh, for fun. I don't often play them public. Yeah, I mean, because um, I've mostly only heard... Well, I've heard you play, uh, I guess, solo on your like YouTube channel, which is great, and you've been adding to a lot lately. Um, uh, but mostly, before that, I've mostly heard you in, in some sort of group context. So yeah, it would be interesting to hear what what you can do when you don't have to um, kowtow to a, a fiddler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I wouldn't I wouldn't play that Bill Cheatham with a fiddler because I'm just doing some you know kind of uh, things that don't fit into that AABB kind of standard. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't play Old Hen Cackle or anything from D4 Bailey with a fiddler, and I would hardly play any Humphrey Bate with a fiddler. Humphrey Bate never played. He played with a fiddler in his band, but they never played at the same time in all those recordings. Interesting. Now, but in it, you know, so we're hearing it right now. This is yeah. It. So, so I don't, uh, I don't uh, impose myself onto the fiddlers to to say now you keep up with this. You know, <laughs> I'm not that vengeful. <laughs> this is I love, th- I love that. Like we're just like talking about like them as if they're these just like super fragile creatures, um, because they are. <laughs> Yeah. Ultimately, don't, don't yeah. sit on my case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you just go and get another one from a pawn shop where you got that one? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, and I like I think probably about like I don't know at least every other week, if not if not more, some like fantastic like you know Suzuki kid is is talking about how much they think that they suck on the fiddle, so that they can like fish for compliments. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> And and instead of compliments, a bunch of other fantastic fiddlers will also come on and say, "Oh yeah, I suck too." It's like a whole thing. Well, I think I think that's how they get good. It's that they continually think they suck, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, maybe maybe they do think they suck. Yeah. No, I think and they I, do. I think yeah. they mean it. I don't think they're. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's actually like a selfie kind of culture, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, when I, whenever I want to play D Ford Bailey, and then I listen to D Ford Bailey right after, you know, that's oh, don't do that. It's disheartening. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to compare myself to those dead people that grew up with no Netflix and no distractions. <laughs> yeah. Not, and not to say they didn't have distractions because D Ford had yeah. music. Um, I've, but, heard, you know, I've heard that's a particularly distracting one. <laughs> yeah, the the bar has been set, so that's. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm aiming for, and I won't reach reach it until I die. That's my expectation. Hmm. Let's do one more tune, and then we'll talk about where to go to like buy your music or get some harmonica lessons and things like that. Okay. Oh, well, let's. I'll play one that uh, you can you can play along with in, uh on your banjo for the, for the cast, your banjo or whatever instrument you want. Okay. This is a Pike's Peak.
single tag that's great that's ed haley he ed haley does Dun that tag like that yeah he did it on dunbar <laughs> I, yeah i like part of me wants it to go like a shave and a haircut after that oh yeah that works that works i i guess i like the withholding of that of that single tag <laughs> oh yeah leave him wanting more <laughs> So where do we go to buy your music or maybe get a lesson with you, etc.? Well, um, the Ozark Highballers CD, yes. I guess, is on Jalopy Records. And um, our original CD, you'd probably have to reach out to Roy and, and Aviva for that one. Uh, I have a lot of uh, solo stuff on, on the internet and a lot of Ozark Highballers videos on my YouTube channel. And then in terms of lessons, my my policy has been, you know, every month or so, someone will reach out and I'll just give yeah. them the introductory lesson for free, probably the follow-on lessons for free as well. And I, I give them just a crash course in, in tongue blocking and, and how to pick out a tune on the fiddle and, and how to go from there and how to build the sculpture out of this really hmm. wire frame of a melody. And I say, you know, come back in a year or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I had uh, Rupert on the show about a year ago because um, he was coming through town, um, and uh, and he had he he had just taken some lessons with you. I think maybe like a few months before, and I think I think that's when. Anyway, he, and he was starting to do his tongue blocking and figure that out. So I mean, I've seen I've seen the results. You know how to yeah. teach it. <laughs> Rupert's got a great year. So he does yeah great thank you so much for uh yes hanging out with me for a bit on your friday morning and playing some tunes this is lovely all right well thank you for having me
Yeah, what, do, what are we going to do for the last tune? For the last tune, well, I'll try to play uh, Ed Haley's Dunbar. Do you play that one? Oh, on? great. Yeah, okay. sure. Visit the Ozark Highballers website at theozarkhighballers.com to learn more about Seth's band and to buy their albums. And make sure to subscribe to Seth's YouTube channel so you can see all the cool stuff he's up to over there. All that is linked in the show notes for this episode, and I bet you could contact him in either of those places if you want to take him up on one of those free lessons. You can support Get Up in the Cool by sharing the show with a friend or sharing and liking the video posts on Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, and YouTube. And if you're able, please help fund this podcast by signing up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. You can order a mask, t-shirt, bag, sticker, or phone case at Get Up in the Cool's merch store. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional banjo series. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set, available in all the same places as Get Up in the Cool. And again, everything I just mentioned, it's linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool.